actual play episodes of Caster's Guild. Unlike the rest of our episodes, it is highly recommended that you listen to these episodes in order. In an attempt not to ruin your immersion, we will not be reading ads during these episodes. So please, help us out by checking the links in the description for T-Villain, providing awesome shirts, and for Geeky Clean, providing awesome bath products. In these episodes, our guild masters and guild members will be playing Candela Obscura, using the quick start rules available in the description. Candela Obscura is a horror tabletop role-playing game about occult investigators who hunt down dangerous supernatural forces, making incursions into a world very much like your own. Elements of body horror, human cruelty, violence, death, and the supernatural commonly present themselves to our investigators. Such things come with the territory. These episodes also contain adults reacting to extreme situations, and as such, mature language is to be expected. Therefore, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to this running of Candela Obscura. If you do not know what Candela Obscura is, you probably don't know what Critical Role is. Uh, this is a game that they are... Well, that company, the Darrington Press, is releasing sometime after Gen Con, maybe. They're not very clear. But it is a... I would say a a horror pathos creepy stuff kind of setting. It's uh, honestly very much unlike our world in the best ways and very much like our world in the worst ways. It is set in the uh, turn of the century, essentially, for both cases. It is 1910, 19-something in the game itself, but... In terms of what it appears to be, it is early 1900s for uh, like purposes of aesthetic and themes and such. This game, as you heard in the opening, can deal with some heavy issues such as you know horror, death, gore. We we do have our policies at the, at, at the beginning, some safety tools. If you run this game, I would highly recommend using your own safety tools. The game itself also recommends uh, certain safety tools, which they have a link to if you wanted to do that, which I, again, completely recommend. I'm your lightkeeper, Baron Kane. I am here with the wonderful, wonderful, talented group of adventurers who I believe their circle are going by the Hostess Umbrarum. Uh, if everybody would like to introduce themselves, your name and the character that you'll be playing, I, I would greatly appreciate that, as a, I'm assuming our listeners would be as well. We will start with uh, Cece. Cece, returning again. You guys know me as Cece Cosplays, but my character today will be Cassidy Wild. And then we will go to Ray. Oh, sorry. I thought you said Rick, not Ray. I apologize. Oh, no, no, no. no, Rick doesn't get to go yet. He goes last. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm uh, Ray, and I will be playing Artemir Vane Scott. Wonderful. And then we have Gothi. Hello, I am Gothi, and I will be playing Raven Nick. Wonderful. And then last but not least, well, not Rick. <laughs> Rick is last. 
Uh, I am Jason, and I'll be playing Howard Overheight. All right, let's go ahead and move on. No. <laughs> and I'm Guildmaster Rick. I'll be playing Lawrence Larry the Lefty Connor. I'm sure we will have, you know, a list of names and such. Actually, if you want to, again, join our Discord, I would be more than happy to post the uh, names and characters of each of our players today, along with their backstories. Just because they they put a lot of work into this, and I would I would hate for everybody not to see this because there's no way I'm going to be able to fit it all into this one game. But mm-hmm. all right, I'll say this is probably the most prep work I've done in terms of character stuff. I still have done no prep work for the game itself. So just... <laughs> would it be a Guildmaster Baron game if there is prep work done? No, no. <laughs> No, I I will say at least I got some sleep. So that's good. Hey, sleep is great. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that being said, we can go ahead and jump into game. So it is a day like any other here in New Fair. The uh, city is working. It is awake and chugging along. The um, electric lights have recently shut down giving way to the uh, sunrise. The workers have gone to their factories. They have gone to their wharfs. And they have just gone to the streets to really meek out whatever kind of meager existence they can they can get out of the wealth. And really anything that they can get out of this gem of the Fairlands. We will go ahead and start with Casty. Casty, where I'm assuming that you would be conducting some kind of research, furthering your studies at some point, or at, at some place, I would say. Where where would uh, Casty be at this point? Uh, she's probably at one of the archive positions of Candela Obscura, looking through Helen folklore. Sometimes she does get caught up in certain little details that she gets hyperfixated on sometimes. So currently she's looking up different recorded smells that have happened at different instances of things like possession or monster appearances, seeing if that um, could be like a signal to something. So uh, we'll s- probably safe to assume that you are working through a chapter house and not necessarily at the fourth pharaohs itself. Fourth Pharos being the vault that the Candela Obscura keeps uh, within the flare to be able to hold certain magical uh, artifacts that could be corrupting the world with bleed. So you will be conducting your your experiments um, at the uh, chapter house. You have a young man by the name of Robbie sitting in the uh, chair that is right beside the desk that you happen to be working at. He is one of the younger Candela Obscura agents. Um, doesn't really do field work yet, but he is um, usually incorporated by you to uh, uh, conduct certain experiments. In this case, you have uh, swatches of certain items that you just happen to be running underneath his nose to uh, see his effects and what might be... Of course, you're not using anything too terribly dangerous, nothing too 
you know, affect him with any kind of bleed or anything, but just to gauge his, just to gauge his reactions to what you have. Um, this particular swatch um, has him sneezing and uh, itching at his arms um, uncontrollably. Um, he doesn't even really notice that he's itching, but he's probably because he's he's sneezing. He comes out of it. Uh, I didn't. I didn't like that one. I, I didn't like that one at all. Uh, are we done? Can we can we stop? Down. I did have a couple more set up, but if you need a break, we can take one. Uh, a couple more. I could I could probably do a couple more. I could probably do a couple. <laughs> uh, I could probably do a couple more. Okay. Um, Cassidy takes another swatch after she gets her notes down about this current one. Uh, she does have smelling salts to the side just in case he does pass out at any point in time. And she puts this particular swatch underneath his nose to see its effects. You you have noticed, too, that Robbie has taken to uh, carrying smelling salts with him. Apparently, he's grown to uh, have an appreciation for them, almost like, mm-hmm. almost like he likes the smell of them now. It's weird, but... So you, you run another swatch under his nose. He immediately vomits. Just right into the bucket that he happens to have right on his lap at all times that you have given him after the first run of experiments. He uh, pulls his head back up. Okay, yeah, I'll take that break now. I'll take that break. <laughs> and he gets up and he starts walking away with his little bucket of puke. <laughs> Cassidy feels a little bit bad, but she continues to write down her notes. <laughs> of course, of course, because, you know, any result is a result, whether it is good or bad. As you're writing, you have pretty much how you how you work. You generally just kind of lose yourself in, in the moment so that when you feel a hand on your shoulder, it, it's kind of out of nowhere, um, especially considering the things that Candela Obscura tends to deal with. So you kind of start and look up, and in this room, the uh, this this room being this is an old kind of cellar that has been outfitted to be kind of a base of operations for a lot of uh, Candela Obscura agents. You have worked with your fellow agents out of this area as well as some other ones, but you have taken to keeping some of your stuff at this one, but. You see a, a a man behind you, big man. He's a black man. He has a nice, well-groomed mustache, graying, almost handlebar, but he hasn't gotten it twirled all the way around quite yet. And a little Van Dyke goatee. He's uh, wearing a bowler inside, which is so rude, but he really likes that hat, so no one says anything. He he does. He is standing there with. Uh, he doesn't have his jacket on, so he's not going outside anytime soon. But he's got his his sleeves rolled up, and uh, looks like he was just coming f- from some work. Uh, hey, Cassidy, I I have some uh, I have some news from some uh, goings on in town. Wanted to know if maybe you and uh, some others might be able to go and look into this for the. Uh, for the Candela Obscura. You have in mind. Well, we have some deaths that have been occurring around town that you, no one's really paid attention to because they're not really affluent people. They aren't uh, important people. But this particular instance has 
raise some eyebrows. Um, I'll give you an address, and you can go ahead and... I will go ahead and let you uh, pick out who's going to be on this team. So just go ahead, check it out. Still fresh scene, so here's an address. Um, go ahead and get to work. Probably get there as soon as you can before the periphery gets there. Of course, sir. All right. And he goes back doing his work. So just for all sakes and purposes, we will assume that Cassidy has four people in mind to add to the team. Um, but where would Cassidy go first? Uh, she'd probably see if anyone is by their desk at her sort of chapter house. First one that comes to mind is Artemer, who has been itching for some field work, but has been stuck behind a desk. So she sees if he's in. Okay. Uh, um, Aramir's probably just walking in, if he is. <laughs> okay, yeah. So Artemer is... You know, just got just got really settled into uh, their their apartment down in uh, Red Lamp. Got probably an okay night's sleep, uh, all things considered. Red Lamp isn't necessarily one that sleeps through the night. So the the, the walk to work was interesting. You would have obviously been uh, walking through a most people who were on their way to bed at this time. But let's go ahead and we're going to go ahead and do the first roll of the game. Okay. Woo. So we are going to roll. You know what? Let's roll sense. Is that for Artemir or for Cassidy? Artemir. Okay. This is, this is on your way to work. You're, you're walking to work. You've got your, you know, your, your mug of coffee. I, I, I'm assuming that's how people drank coffee back then. <laughs> Yes, a little carafe. <laughs> okay, so I'm rolling for some. All right. Uh, so here, uh, I got a five. Okay. So you you do notice that there is a bit of a weird tension in the air. Nothing really is being explicitly stated, but um, you you do notice nervous. Not glances at you per se, but there there are nervous glances about you. You see people more apt to slink away into the shadows when they see a uh, officer of the periphery walk by, which also is weird because you are seeing more than normal agents of the periphery uh, walking around. Uh, I would assume because. I've been in my apartments long enough that I'm I'm starting to make some vague connections with some of my neighbors. Do I see anyone that I know that I could like pull aside inconspicuously and maybe ask about what's going on? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. You as you're you know walking around and you're kind of noticing this uh, this this whole situation going on. You actually see uh, Tommy one time right there. Okay, uh, t Tommy, Tommy. I know uh, you're headed in for the night, but uh, I have a question. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. What, what's, go uh, what's going on? Uh, so I'm going to try to do this so that it's like, if there are any periphery officers in the area, that they're not immediately going to like hone in on this. I'm assuming that you, you, you took him into a uh, discreet corner or alleyway yes, to alley give him a talk. Yes, yeah, for sure. But significantly more periphery. Uh, in the area that I'm used to, is that? Hey, no, I'm noticing that too. Uh, I'm not. 
uh, I'm not, I'm not okay with this. Uh, um, you know, cause I yeah, kind of have been on their radar for a little bit. Um, but, uh, radar, they don't know what radar is. <laughs> um, <laughs> they do now. <laughs> they do now. I made this word up. I mean, uh, that's it why is they after the Great War. war. <laughs> maybe they do know what radar is. Radar. I mean, maybe. Radar. Maybe. I don't know that word. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yes, I, uh, I I do understand that they may be aware uh, of you in a, at least a general sense. Uh, but uh, any news as to why they're all here suddenly? It's Red Lamp. We. Yes, I mean something. Something's going on. Uh, I, I've seen some people um, um, talking about how um, like they haven't been able to find uh, a buddy of theirs. Um, I mean, which isn't weird. He could be passed out somewhere, but apparently they're a little right. bothered. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I guess there's some people missing, um, but it can't be just that if these guys are here. Right. Well, thank you, Tommy. I'll uh, I'll let you continue on your way. I don't want to cause you more trouble than I already have. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not a problem. Not a problem. I'll, I'll see. I'll see you later. Out of the alley. Yep. <laughs> I'm out of yeah, the alley like before he says that. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, he he does not duck out of the alley. Okay, but yeah, you uh you end up at the um field house, the chapter house, however we are calling it. But yeah, the Candela Obscura base. <laughs> I I walk in. Uh, Artemir doesn't like not a morning person. Does not greet people upon coming in. Just kind of trudges over to his desk. He is kind of keeping an ear out to see if he hears anybody else maybe mentioning the stuff, just because. People going missing is kind of our raison d'être, or at least an early uh, sign that we're going to be needed. Um, you, you, you do see a bit. Last? Oh yeah. Sorry. No, you're fine. I was just about to say you, you do see a little bit of bustle, but nothing too terribly out of the ordinary. Right. But yeah. I'll just keep walking to my desk then. Uh, Cassidy catches um, Artemir as he's going to his desk. Uh, she's used to his uh, less than sunshine demeanor in the mornings, but she has a feeling her news about this field assignment might perk him up a little bit, especially when she asks what the address might be. She doesn't quite recognize the address, but it might be something that he recognizes. Okay. Uh, Cassidy, uh, how can I help you? I just got some news from the boss. There have been some disappearances and some deaths that he would like us to look into, and I'm gathering some people. I know that you've been gunning for some field work, but I don't quite recognize this address. You have any ideas? Can I take a look at the address? Is it in Red Lamp? Uh, it, it is actually. Um, it, this is. Yeah, uh, it, yeah, sorry, it, it is actually the. Uh, it's something that the locals call the bookstore. You, you've seen into the windows. It, it always says closed on the front. Uh, you, mm -hmm. you do see. You have seen shelves in there with some books, but everything is very dusty. Everything's very dark. Um, doesn't look to be used oh, like, very much at all. So it's a cover or something. Yeah, uh, that is probably an easy, easy guess. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, this is uh, this is an establishment not too far from my apartment. Actually, uh, I've never seen it open, but I would be more than happy to travel inside. What an interesting day. You know, uh, on my way. Out of the neighborhood, I was noticing that there was some increased periphery than we normally see. I start to not wonder if it's connected. He did say to act quickly. 
We have a couple more people together. I want you to see if you can find Raven, and I'll go find Larry and Howard. How's that sound? Sounds perfect. All right. So after they get a um, read on where this is and knowing that Artemir can kind of lead the way to this location, uh, they split up to see if they can figure out where these other three members are for their team. Is this chapter house the same one that Raven normally works out of, or is that a separate chapter house? We will... For, especially for the uh, purposes of uh, brevity, we will say that, yes, this is um, the one that Raven would normally work out of. Also, judging by the uh, background, um, I will even say that Raven has been, for the most part, staying at this chapter house uh, in, the, in the bunks that they keep for uh, Candela Obscura. Members who happen to be coming from out of town or who don't necessarily have a place to stay at the moment because, you know, their house has been uh, overrun with bleed or, you know, just any any kind of disaster that might have overtook their uh, um, meat living. Um, so. so Artemir would be familiar with the bunks because he was previously staying there. He only recently moved out of there. Um, mm-hmm. Would... Is is Raven the type of person that gets up early in the day, or do I think that she would still be in the bunks? She would be that type of person who uh, sleeps all day. <laughs> okay, uh, then Artemir is not even going to stop by the normal like area that she works in. He's just going to go straight to the bunks and kind of like he's he's one of the types of people that wears like at least three rings on each hand, and he when he peers into the bunk room that she's in, he just like raps with his rings on the door jam. <laughs> Raven. Yeah, Raven, you uh you've actually been up all night. You have been uh out on the streets, you've been, you know, investigating, you've been kind of acclimating yourself to this to this world of Candela Obscura, trying to get in, hear what the people on the streets are talking about trying to check the the weird and the uh the off-kilter places of uh new fair last night wasn't too fruitful in the uh sense of uh finding uh weird spots but you you did also find some of your uh old compatriots who were more than happy to uh say hello and try to get you to come and uh, party with them like you did in the old ways, which I'm assuming you had evaded skillfully. Um, Still, yep, still did not, I guess, get you to bed at a decent time. So I would say that you probably got to bed about an hour ago, maybe two hours ago. (laughs) um, And uh, you now have someone uh, rapping at the door of the uh, bunkhouse. It's not morning yet. Come back later. It it, it is morning, actually, Raven. Uh, <laughs> and you may want to be awake for this. Just hear her girl like... <laughs> Darkness never like, sleeps, and neither shall we. And she'll, like, open the door. <laughs> Disgruntled. Artemer says that darkness never sleeps, but as soon as you open the door, a nice ray of sunshine alights onto your eyes. You hear birds chirping loudly outside she's just like has the face of fuck the sun 
<laughs> Fuck the birds. <laughs> but it seems uh, we have been great. Oh my God. I, I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you got that 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 feeling because I have had that feeling <laughs> before coming home and I can hear the morning birds and I'm like fuck you birds <laughs> we've all been there <laughs> you do smell the the heavenly nectar that is coffee being freshly brewed in the uh, in the chapter house at the moment though. Could I have actually, on the way to going to her bunk, could I have grabbed a cup of that for her? Absolutely. Uh, I'm just going to kind of hold it out when she opens the door enough for me to get my arm through the door. (laughs) Should be like, that for me. Well, I I have my own, so yes. She'll kindly take the cup and, like, sip. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, You may wish to get ready for the day. Uh, I understand it may be a late evening for you, but uh, we have been provided an assignment. What about? People missing, people dead, the usual. Ah, very well then. Um, as you two are talking, you, you do hear uh, a little a little patter of feet coming up to you, and uh, you, you look down and you see a small Cynthia. She's a, uh, I would say, somewhere between the age of 10 and 15 it's it's hard to tell. She's short, but she's also very well spoken. It, it's it's like one of those. Why are you here? <laughs> but she she does. She's walking up now, and she seems to be fresh out of the 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 kitchen. There, um, you see that she has you know flour that is somehow cutely popped onto her nose. So it's it's not you you don't understand what's happening, but. Uh, she's also wearing like an apron and she's carrying like a little basket with various baked goods. You see like little biscuits, you see croissants, you see even like a muffin or two in there. They all appear to be radiating that soft heat that one would do coming freshly out of the oven if you were a baked good. And uh, she comes up. Oh. Miss uh, M- Miss Raven, why are why are you awake? I ju- I just saw you come in as I was starting the as I was starting the uh, croissants. She like kind of like eyes darts to um Argamir and kind of like keeps gesturing like obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Blame him. <laughs> Argamir just kind of waves a hand in the like. Self encompassing. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh well. I mean, I mean, I guess at least he brought coffee. That's it's nice, right? Do you guys, do you want some like, some yes, food? This is only saving grace right now. <laughs> do you have any scones today, Cynthia? Uh, you you see her kind of dig through the the basket like with her hand, just kind of like you see some of the biscuits <laughs> breaking, and like, uh, yeah, why are they on the bottom? That, okay. <laughs> pulls it out. <laughs> Here you go. Uh, thank you. Is there like a muffin on top? Absolutely, yeah. There's a muffin oh, yeah, right like, on top. Yeah, like without even asking, she'll just take the muffin just like eats it like that morning sad, like I gotta work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cynthia's used to it. Cynthia knows that you, you really don't really have a preference. It's just whatever's on top. She doesn't right. know why you like the stuff on top the most. 
but after that one time you asked for you you asked for something and she dug through the basket for some reason you you didn't want anything on the bottom anymore so which you know <laughs> she knows the warmest stuff is at the bottom so she doesn't know why you don't you don't like the that stuff you like the stuff on the top yes this um cold and already slightly crested over your makes good <laughs> But yeah, and she she kind of smiles up at you at, at at Raven. Can can I get you anything else? As you can see, the coffee is already gone. Just like another please. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go get that. And she she kind of puts the basket down on one of the desks because she knows that people will just come and get whatever, and she'll she'll rush off to go get you some coffee. And Raven, you know that you know this this young child uh, looks up to you a great deal. She's heard your stories. She's heard the stuff that you've been through and she, she really admires your, your strength and perseverance. And you, you've seen her kind of emulating you at times when she makes, it's not one of those times though. It's, it's very, uh, she, she's rather endeared with you. Aw. But as, as Raven's just like, no, don't, don't look up to me. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so no, no, no. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> cute kid, real cute, but no. It's like, why don't you? Why don't you look up to him? And it's Robbie with his puke bucket. <laughs> see um, Robbie running by again, over imbibing on the smelling salts again. <laughs> you see his teeny tiny mustache kind of falling out as he's as he's walking as he's rushing by. <laughs> He worked so hard to grow that, too. It's sad, really. <laughs> Looking good this morning, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks! And then Thank she's just, you. like, sipping. She's just, like, eating her mouth. Don't lie to him. <laughs> Don't, you... <laughs> Don't you lie to him. Don't you lie to him. Thank you. <laughs> Alright, All right. Uh, so you have you have collected Raven. Who was Cassidy going for again? I was going to find Larry and Howard. Uh, who would be more central to this chapter house? Or are they both kind of like in and around the area? I guess I would just be around. Or... Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, that should be fine. We'll say that uh, Howard has recently... It doesn't necessarily... Don't, I don't necessarily know where he lives. I'm assuming he lives outside of the chapter house. But he... Uh, We'll say he's just now walking into the office. And, and I will say, a lot of the people who work for Candela, this is not their place of business. This is not where they they get their main source of income. A lot of people do have main jobs that they do. But in a lot of the cases, a lot of people will come first thing in the morning, midday, first thing at night, and then like, partway, like, or uh, middle of the night. They'll come in, they'll check to see if there's assignments, they'll check to see what happened the night before, they'll check to see what happened the day before. And generally, they'll check, take off. Now, you know, in the cases of, you know, say, Cassidy, who uh, does a lot of their research there, and Raven, who lives there, you guys are generally there all the time. But we'll say that Howard is uh, just kind of, like, walking in. He, uh, was probably you were just doing a show the night before 
it went a little late, but you were uh, performing the show at one of the uh, local theater houses. Not one of the big ones, which you're okay with. You, you don't necessarily want to be hitting that area of town. Uh, they don't seem to appreciate your uh, your stage show as much as the uh, people on the uh, street level would enjoy it. But it was it was a good show. Normally, you'll use these shows to gather information or network or, you know, it's not really about the show anymore for you. But you did your thing. And yeah, yeah, everything everything went normal. It was kind of a it was a normal kind of even almost boring night. Um, you, you wouldn't have heard much of anything. But the the area of town you were in was essentially. Where would you have been? I'll tell you where. I'll tell you where you've been. It would have been. It would have been Riverside. Not sure if that's an actual. It's not really a named area of the town, but a lot of the best places for shows like that, for theaters like that, are are on Riverside. So coming out of there, you are showing up now first thing in the morning after you have gotten a good night's sleep. I would say you'll generally come in first thing in the morning check to see if there's any assignments and then you'll go out to lunch. I don't think that your character is really hurting for money per se. Everybody knows magicians are very well <laughs> off. That's <laughs> the lucrative business. Very well. Very well. <laughs> off. Honestly, honestly back in the turn of the century that that style of, of stage show was actually very popular. It uh it, it like a, in the Victorian times a, a a stage magician could probably pull a a pretty good living in very in a lot of areas of the country, including like you know the old west or in the big city or anything like that. So this isn't anything different. But you also again everybody also has an income supplemented by the Candela Obscura. Gotcha. You would normally come in check, and then if there is stuff, you know, you go ahead and work on that. If there isn't, you'll probably go out to lunch. You'll meet a few people, stuff like that. But in this case, you are walking into the chapter house, and Cassidy, you you see uh, Howard walking in through the uh, front entrance of the uh, chapter house. Perfect timing, Howard. How was your show last night? Uh, good morning. Uh, yeah, it. Yeah, same old, not nothing special. Uh, Any tricks up your sleeve? You'll have to come see. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe sometime soon. But I have news. We have been put on a field assignment, and I'm wondering if we could use some of your expertise. Oh, yeah, what's going on? Some people have been missing. Some people have been dead. There seems to be a lot of periphery in the Red Lamp District. Artemir knows where we're going. I just need to collect Larry, and then the five of us will be leaving. Okay. Do you know, is it, like, been recent, or has it been, like, a... Pretty, pretty recent. The boss wanted us to go as soon as we could. Gather what you need, but then we'll be meeting up. Sounds like a plan. Cassidy, like, says her goodbyes. She kind of hurries off to see if she can find the last member of this little group, and she goes to find Larry. If it's uh, this early in the morning... After trimming his red bushy mutton chops, Larry would be hitting a bag. Normally, so using like the a gym or something. Normally, you would you would say gym, but it's really just something that Larry uh, set up. But 
uh, he also welcomes people to come and work out with him as well. There isn't really room for a ring, but he has set up like a bag and there's some weights there. He actually has led um, certain like workouts or, or routines, whatever you want to call them with uh, some of the local uh, chapter uh, members. But really, Larry is the one that mainly uses them. And when he's not doing something, he's there or he's eating or he's sleeping because, you know, he says he says something about recovery and, you know, sleep is important for recovery and food is food is important for for recovery and sleeping and something about calories and muscles. It's 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 all pseudoscience to you, really. This this matter of nutrition and muscles, but he's not there today. Um, normally, he would be there getting things uh, warmed up, but yeah, he he's not there today. He does find that a little weird because that's where she can usually find him. But she makes her way through other parts of the chapter house to see if she can uh, locate him, including some of the uh, library sections. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you go in, you check the library. Oh. All right, I'll fix that later. I I missed something on something. I'm not going to say what it is, but uh, I I will fix that in a little bit. You uh you kind of like look around. You look at the library. He's not there. You do see a few people in there that are uh well. I don't want to say a few people. It's like a couple people who are uh, putting books back up, um, taking some down, cleaning things. But no, Larry. Where else did you want to look? Uh, she goes back towards where she can find the others. Is the kitchen, like, on the way towards where Artemir and Raven would be, since we saw Cynthia there? Yeah, it's Maybe. it's it's really not a huge place. Like I said, this used to be a, an old cellar. So there's, like, kind of like an old house up top, um, but this cellar has, like, stonework and, like, arches that have been opened up into different rooms. And stuff like that. So it's really kind of like a, a hub. You have your, your middle area where uh, like a lot of the desks and stuff are. But then each little area, each little arch goes to a, a different room that have been set up for different things. So it, really, any direction that you go, there is essentially right close. So yeah, you can you could be walking right by the kitchens as you, uh, as you go. There as well, if he's not working out or if he's not in the library. Yeah, so, yeah, you walk into the kitchen, and as you walk in, you see the chef in there. But uh, he always tells everybody to call him Cookie. So you see him in there, and it looks like he's getting stuff ready for, for lunch or whatever. Again, there's not really a lot of people here, so it's not like a huge operation. So he's really just cooking. He is actually a veteran of the Great War. You see that he is very... He's, he's a very muscular man, um, but like not, again, not like bodybuilder kind of muscular. This, this, is, this is definitely the body of a strong man of the era. Um, very thick, barrel chested, thick arms. Uh, you do see that he has a bunch of war tattoos going down from his, his shoulder down across his uh, forearms. He has them on both arms, which... Uh, from what you know about war tattoos, they they can mean a, a variety of different things, either where they served or, you know, in the worst cases, you know, the number of kills that one got in the war. 
but you see that he has just a variety of different uh, tattoos, naval, ground-based. He, he seemed to have been everywhere. He is, he's also missing a leg. Uh, he is uh, standing on a uh, prosthetic. Nothing fancy. It's not something that he can afford, really, but he is making stew at this moment. Cassidy probably knows what some of those tattoos mean, considering that her mother used to be a war medic during the war. Um, mm-hmm. But she knows better than to ask, for the most part, because that is a very personal thing. But she's probably on good terms with Cookie, uh, so when she sees him in the kitchen, she probably asks where Larry is. So, like, Cookie, have you seen Larry? Uh, Larry usually comes in around... What time is it? He generally just seems to be, like, no clue what time it is. There's there's no sun in this room. There's, you know, not a clock. He's just cooking at this point. Somewhat morning. Not early, but not late. Oh, yeah. He's he's usually in here by now. Hmm. Man, how did I miss that? I usually look forward to him coming in here. Do you have any other ideas where he might be? I've looked at his gym and the library as well, and I haven't been able to find him. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, he doesn't really... Uh, Go very many other places. I, I tried to get him to take me home one time, but he uh, <laughs> he said no. I know he likes to go out to the bar sometime. Uh, he would have been done by now, wouldn't he? So. Hmm, I'm kind of worried about him. Uh, I'll let you know what I find out. Do you want me to go to his house and see if he's there? Do you know where he lives? No. I mean, if you got his address, I could, you know, go and check for you. Would Cassidy have his address? I don't think she'd share oh, yeah, it. But... Absolutely. <laughs> Cassie would absolutely have his address. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll check to see if he's home if I have time. Thank you, though, Cookie. All right. Tell him I said hi. I will, Cookie. And she just kind of leaves. She tries to get back with Howard, Artemir, and Raven in the meantime, if Lori, uh, yep. Larry is nowhere to be found. Yeah, not a problem. You you just see them there just kind of uh, talking and waiting to see what's going to go on. You seem to be a person short. Larry hasn't come in yet today. His house is on the way to our destination, though, so maybe we can make a quick house call. I would like to have some muscle on this field work. Is everyone else all ready? Yeah. I am. Good to go. Raven, did Larry. you get enough sleep last night? No. <laughs> <laughs> No. I'll try to make this quick then. Let's head out. So Cassidy leads her group so yep. far. Uh, so yeah, you guys, you guys go ahead and head on out. Uh, Larry, the sun shines in your eyes. Very bright. It uh, doesn't feel great at all. But you kind of um, open your eyes and uh, kind of start to get up out of your bed and. Uh, you, you realize you're not in your bed. Where am I? Uh, you're in an alley. Do I recognize the alley? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's probably like a block away from your apartment. Okay, I'll uh, get up, look myself over once to see uh, what I look like. Splitting headache. Splitting oh, headache God. as soon as... Yeah, it, you, you, you recognize this headache. You recognize what kind of headache this is. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. But, but you also have a, a very ripped up shirt yeah, um, just kind of like hanging off of you and your okay. hands you l- look down at your hands your big big mitt hands 
and you see that over the the calloused knuckles that you have are fresh cuts and well fresh in that they had to have recently happened but they've started scabbing over and there's there's blood on your hands not like you know you just dipped your hands into a bucket of blood but you know obviously these hands have seen some use lately and you're very sore too not sure if it was the rot gut that you were drinking or if it's just strenuous activity that you just had the night before i am going to put push some intrusive thoughts out of my mind convince mm-hmm. myself i must have been in a bar fight last night and uh head home keeping my mind off of what i think might have actually happened okay so uh yeah you are you're walking home doing doing the walk of shame back to your back to your house carrying your shoes for some reason you don't know why no um <laughs> so you're uh you're walking back and uh just as you are uh getting to your stoop you see some people you know a uh, uh, group uh you guys have uh made the trek to to Larry's house i am assuming that you took a trolley for most of the way walking down the street you you look just as a, a a very haggard, beefy man gets to uh, Larry's uh, apartment stoop, and you realize this is Larry, uh, and he does match the description of what I was uh, previously saying. You you do see that he is worse for wear at this moment. It's kind of under my breath. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Larry had a rather long la- night, did you? Yeah, you know, sometimes after you have a you too many things can get rowdy i'm sure that i could understand cassidy probably looks a little concerned but also a little exasperated to see the state that he's in well you need to get yourself up and ready we'll give you some time but we have some field work to do raven will give him a muffin i will happily take the muffin (laughs) and uh i'll just say give me two minutes and i'll i'll head inside change my shirt and all that good stuff you suppose we should have brought him some coffee as well I'll also hope that they didn't see my knuckles and like throw some uh, some wrappings over them, like you know you would put underneath boxing gloves, and just mm-hmm. say it's because you know I didn't know what we we're gonna get into, so might as well be prepared. I okay. want to say insight, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if if anybody wanted to, I believe that the role is it's not sense, it's. Is it focus? Focus? That's yeah. I'm I'm thinking it's focus. Focus would be for inspect, analyze, and remember. Yep. Focus uh, then. Yep. And we're using two d sixes, right? Well, no. I'm sorry. No, it would be survey. It would be survey because you're spotting it. It's survey. I mean, unless how many anybody sixes it is, it depends on your character. Right, and and I'm assuming that if I mean if you are taking the time to be like. I'm checking this out. I think that this is weird, and I'm looking at everything about him, then it would be focused. But other than that, Spot would be like, oh, well, wait a minute, I just noticed that you got some bloody knuckles there. Oh, yeah, no. I got a six. He likes being aware of everything. Right. Okay, yeah. Like I said, if you're going in this with an analytical mind, feel free to uh, do focus. Uh, Anybody else, again, you can use survey because this will just be like a, oh, yeah, I just noticed this. Two sixes, because I got the two die roll. Dang! I got a six. I got okay. eleven. 
we've spotted you. You can't hide from us. <laughs> I mean, she'll spot it, but she won't say anything. So did you roll a five and a six then? Yeah. Cool. Okay. So Raven, Artemir. Yeah, you, you do notice you do notice the uh the blood on his knuckles. Obviously, you, you realize that, you know, he has a ripped shirt on. That's that's not really too hard to notice. Is the shirt bloodied as well? Um, there. I mean, there's blood on it, but that could have very easily come from, you know, him wiping his hand on his shirt or anything like that. Okay. Um, with two sixes, yes, you would definitely notice that uh, our friend Larry has, has been in a fight. Um, you notice that, you know, the bloody knuckles, but you also notice a slight swelling under his eye. You checking... What you know of Larry, what you know of of fights and the the patterns that are on on Larry, that he probably came out on top if that is you know all that he got. But you also realize that this is just a regular fight. He just uh, probably got into knowing what you know of Larry, he probably didn't get into the ring with anybody. But he was, you know, probably defended someone's honor or defended his own honor with just what he had on hand, which was his hands. So, yeah, um, there's not like an inordinate amount of blood. It looks like he may have split his knuckle. Nothing crazy. But you did also notice that he looked very uncomfortable with you guys seeing him like this. All right. uh, Larry comes back out. He looks off. He looks freshened up. He has some wraps around his hands now, and he's got some new clothes on, and he looks like he's ready to go. What's the job? We have some people missing and some people dead in the Red Lamp District, but Artemir knows the location that we've been given. We just got to be careful of the periphery. And there are quite a lot of periphery this morning. Going, uh, I, I guess Artemir will just start leading. Uh, is it another trolley system that we have to get on in order to go to Red Lamp? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I would assume that uh, Larry does not live in the uh, Red Lamp district. He probably doesn't live in a nice area, but... Larry definitely lives in the South Soffit. Okay. Then yeah, it's okay. it's not a it's uh, not a long ride, but um, definitely a trolley. Definitely a trolley ride. The South Soffit, again, if, if you are unaware of what the South Soffit is, it is the lower class district. It's uh, built beneath the eaves which the eaves are the uh, the fancy places, the uh, the upscale community perched atop the roofs of exposed old Farron buildings, which definitely seems pretty bougie to everybody. It is very exclusive, very wealthy, and this is where the premier lives. So there's that. Um, but the South Soffit, you got the electric wires that feed the district. It is essentially... Everything that feeds the the eaves comes from here. So, like, these wires that are going up to, to power the eaves, the cable management down here is horrible. They're, they're you know, everywhere, sparking here, sparking there. Um, they are definitely providing the power that it needs, but they don't really care how it looks down here. You see still people kind of getting up, going to work, you see people working in this area, um, working on the wires, 
which you know just watching some of them looking working on this stuff looks dangerous as all hell just every once in a while you see uh like some of the buildings look abandoned completely but there are people living there in fact on like one of the stoops you see like a group of men sitting there you see them they have various scars various uh injuries old old injuries that they have obviously got in the great war and they are just kind of there talking drinking out of a bottle that they're passing around to each other once they see some of you walking by you see a couple of them kind of hold out a uh, little coffee like a tin coffee mug not something that you you would guess that if they hadn't seen people dressed like you walking through their town they probably wouldn't have even bothered but you know definitely you know they're they're holding out their cups you know, um, you know, hey, war veteran, we, we, you know, we're on hard times. We, our, our, our government you know, forgot us and we need some money. Can we get some, some cash? Artemir will coin? drop two coins in, but will not actually like look at them at all. <laughs> okay. Just fully rushing, just face forward, drops coins in locks ass. Larry drops you... the second half of his muffin in their cup. They are completely okay with that. <laughs> You you notice you notice too like with uh, Artemir's reaction through the whole thing doesn't phase them in the least. It's almost what they're used to, better than what they're used to actually. But they take the thing, and uh, one of them even kind of looks at you like, "Come on, Larry, <laughs> it's too much cost." I'll drop a few coins then as well. All right, yeah, you did see one of them go. <laughs> You did see one of them go, come on, Larry. Because <laughs> they know, they all live in the same area. They know Larry, so. But yeah, there, there's some good, good, uh, uh, well, well-intentioned ribbing between the guys and, and, and Larry, you know, basically comes down to, hey, you son of a bitch, what are you doing down there? Yeah, aren't you supposed you know. to be, uh. Aren't you supposed to be hanging out with your... Oh, you brought him down! You brought him down here! You brought your highfalutin friends down to rub elbows with the dirty ones. <laughs> you know, sometimes you tell stories and they don't believe it. You gotta, you gotta show them the proof. Alright, yeah. You, you see a couple of them, you know, say some lewd things to the ladies in the group. Again, Larry, you know, they don't mean anything by it, but... To people who aren't used to this kind of behavior, who knows? <laughs> so, um, I'm sure I, the group kind of... I will ask them if they've heard anything about any uh, anybody missing amongst the lovely ladies of the Red Lamp District. Uh, they will kind of, like, look at each other and they'll talk and you see them shake their heads. You see a couple of them nod and everything like that. And No? No, you mean, like, the working ladies? No, we haven't... Hmm? Uh, nothing to worry yourselves over. I just uh, and I'll, I'll lie and say like I was looking for my regular girl and like she wasn't there. So, Lucinda, oh, she's fine. She came on the other night. Oh, okay. All right. I, you know, I just didn't know where she was. That's good. Good to know she's good. Yeah, she said she just saw you. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you you drink enough times and things get fuzzy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We get it. Yeah. Lucinda's wild too. We get it. Yeah. Knocked a few brain cells loose. I'm sure. <laughs> All right, you get out of here. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) 
Hold on, I need to write these guys down as my new favorite NPCs ever. <laughs> and I we don't didn't even, even have name names. Them. <laughs> I know. Voice. I don't. Even, I just literally just said that too. Perfect. God, no. And then I even have another NPC that I need to write down here. Lucinda, Larry's working girl. I'll poke my ears up. Does Artemir recognize the name Lucinda from around his, uh, like the area of Redlands? Actually, go ahead and go ahead and give me a roll. I believe that that's going to be probably focus. Yeah, focus. That's like remembering. Yeah, this game is almost I got too a five and a six. You know what I mean? It's almost <laughs> too simple. It's weird. You got a five and a six. Oh yeah, you know Lucinda. Yeah. Um, <laughs> She, uh, I mean, no, you know of Lucinda. Right. Yeah. She, you don't know yeah, Lucinda a, like Larry does, but. Right. Yeah. Right, no. right. yeah. <laughs> but no, she's a, she's a pretty classy dame. She, uh. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I offered to do art for her once. She declined, but politely. <laughs> I don't know why that sounded so funny. Yeah, I offered <laughs> to do art for her once. She declined, but politely. <laughs> what a classy broad. <laughs> that's why i love her <laughs> but yeah no you you know you know of her she okay. she definitely you 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 know that well no you got a five and a six you you know of her okay that's fine <laughs> just kind of uh once larry catches back up to us uh, so i'll just kind of like side eye and be like i'm aware of lucinda <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give like the the elbow nudge uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Larry absolutely. Yeah, Larry absolutely took it like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh... <laughs> All right. So yeah, you uh, you guys get to the Red Lamp District. There are obviously trolleys that go straight to the Red Lamp District. It may not be a desirable area for a lot of the uh, highfalutin members of society, but it is a very important area of uh, New Fair. It, it is a, you know, obviously there, there are a lot of professions in the uh, Red Lantern District that, or the Red Lamp District that um, <laughs> brings in a lot of uh, commerce and a lot of it, a hub of commerce that's one, not one that everyone wants to talk about. Exactly. It really is the backbone of the city, one could argue. As one could guess, uh, the Red Lamp District does handle a lot of professions that, while they are looked down upon, they are completely legal in the city. The, uh, the sex work in the city is completely legalized. Um, the use of Scarlet, however, is not... But this is a area for people to go ahead and uh, partake in that Scarlet and many other things. Uh, there are, I don't want to say casinos, but gaming houses that uh, people can go and uh, lose and or make money. Don't make too much, though, or you might lose an arm. Now, the Red Lamp District is also a good spot for people who may need studio or workspaces. The, the the areas in here, the, the places that have storefronts or are actually 
have the room to do things like that are really cheap down here. So, like, you know, you have a lot of people who would come down here and have an artist studio. I'm sure that uh, Artemir has probably considered opening up a, a little, little studio down here for one reason or another. Casty, again, I'm sure that you had even considered getting a space for uh, experimentation and really set up a nice work area for your, uh, for your science and uh, investigations and such. But you both probably know people who have places down here for that reason, specifically. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just as we get off the trolley, do I notice any sort of increase or decrease in the periphery uh, ratio, I guess, to regular population compared to this morning? Um, you do not see an increase compared to this morning, no. Okay. Uh, um, I'm just kind of going to under my breath to the group be like, it doesn't look like they've had any more agents come out since this morning. Seems mm. like there's quite a few already. Significantly more than usual. This is why the boss wants us to work fast. Let's get to it then. You make your way through the uh, Red Lamp District. Us Again, I'm assuming that most of you are familiar with the area for one reason or another. So you, you make your way through it relatively easily. Once you get closer to the address, though, you are close enough to see it. And um, you see the, the storefront, as it was described. The window even kind of has a bit of that... That, that white spray that people put on windows that you can't see in, stuff like that. It looks like a lot of it has been rubbed out, though, so that you can actually see in. It is a, it's a, it's a building, like I said, with the storefront, and then you have the second floor where one would have apartments or, uh, again, workspaces. And, again, that looks also relatively abandoned. But... What didn't come with the building are the two periphery uh, officers who are standing at the front door. Um, the front door is opened, and it looks like there is some tape going across it. Is there a back door? I don't know. Is there a back door? I walk toward the back to see if there's a back door. <laughs> I'm assuming... How are you approaching the back? If there is a row of buildings, Perfect. I'm going okay. around the building that's next to it, and then... right. Mm -hmm. that's got that's what i was thinking that you were doing but i was just waiting for you to be like no nah, i'm just gonna walk right by those cops and <laughs> um go ask them like so, yeah. hey, is there a back that can get there? <laughs> <laughs> hey, out there. so yeah they're right hey wait a minute so yeah i would say that it's not that difficult to get back there you you do give me a uh you're going to you're going to focus on this one cuz uh you, you're kind of back there you're kind of looking around anybody back there with him if you're looking to feel free to 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 use your focus yeah uh, yeah to to avoid cops <laughs> it's it's another <laughs> 6 we're just i got 6 rolling <laughs> It's gonna be frightening when when we get into the heat of the moment yes. and we've used all of our. <laughs> uh, not great. Uh, I also got a six. I got a five. Nice. That's well. I mean, that's, that's not bad. Yeah. But Remember, you're picking given... one of the die and giving the number from that die. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. That's why I was assuming that happened. <laughs> but again, I was kind of doing like a group roll. So I, I was going to just take the highest one. 
if anybody failed horribly, that would have had the effect, but no one really failed. So, but yeah, you're you're back there. You're looking around, and you see underneath some uh, debris, some trash. You see what looks like a cellar door. I will, as noiselessly as possible, check to see if that cellar door is locked. Um, it is. It is. You see, you see chains going across it with a lock. It is. You you actually even see some some rust on these. Raven talking about being in the gang life before. Would I know if you can uh pick locks? Oh, me? Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. I'll just kind of wordlessly motion toward Raven and kind of give like a come here gesture and point toward the lock. And she will come by and uh, she will pick out her, uh, you know, little burglary equipment and get to work. All right. I believe that's going to be a control role unless you have a class specific ability that lets you uh, do anything else with that. Don't think so. Okay. So, yeah, that'll be it. That'll be a control role then. Uh, six. You got six? Okay. One second here. Yeah, it, it is It is definitely as you are looking to pop this lock, you definitely can tell that the insides of this lock is, has picked up some rust. It is a little hard to move, but you, you eventually get it. It doesn't even really cause a lot of noise. Nothing that's going to attract any attention to your uh, presence back there. And uh, she, once she gets it open, she will gently push open the door, like not make sure it doesn't does that a uh, loud creaking noise. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you you do take the time to do that. So I will say that you avoid any kind of noise that may uh, pop up as you're doing that. And uh, she will motion for everybody to walk in because she's just like, I'm not going in there first. <laughs> If no one else, well, Artemir will absolutely go in there first. I think it's often like a uh, like a race of who gets there first, be it Artemir or Larry trying to protect Artemir. <laughs> <laughs> Artemir's immediately like speed walking down the stairs to the cellar. Oh no. All I can think of is the Boimler walk. <laughs> if, any, if anybody's <laughs> familiar with uh, Lower Decks, you're just... Uh, Walking down there, swinging your arms and your ass, the same little... <laughs> yep. yep. With his little cane that he always has, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Alright, so you guys you guys walk in. When you get down there, um, you actually notice that you're in a storage room. This room, by the appearances, is actually actively used. Um, there's not, like, a lot of dust down here. You see jars of various pickled goods, be they eggs, actual pickles. You see um, different kind of dried foodstuffs. You see different kinds of uh, items that are for, um, like, you see bowls, you see, uh, looks like cups, glasses. It, It looks like they have like a box with some of these dishes in them and the box is open and it looks like some of the dishes have been taken out, but there are still some in there. Basically it's not a larder per se. It's not like a, uh, a place where they just store food, but this is a place where people are using things. Tell how recently someone has been there. 
Uh, give me a, uh, I guess, a focus roll. Also, silly side note. Are those sure. pickles good enough to eat? I don't know. <clears throat> are they? I don't know. Did you want to try? to find out? Yes. Okay, so there, like I said, there are there are pickles. There, there are pickles. There are pickled eggs. There are pickled onions, like little little bulbs of onions. There are really just anything that you could think of that would be pickled would pickles. would be here. There, there's even like pickled beets. She wants the pickle pickle. The pickle pickle, yeah. You you go over to one. Uh, you go over to one. It doesn't look like it's packed to the brim. It's when you realize that this even has the uh, the top popped. Um, which, you know, if you have ever done any canning, that pop, that top kind of pops down when it's right. properly sealed, and then it's popped up when it does not have a proper seal. This lack of proper sealing, though, it, it looks like it's because this jar is actually actively used as well. So you just uh, reach your, your mitten there. Do you grab something to pull a uh, pickle out? Or? If there's any, like, little pliers. Like uh, actually, pliers? yeah. Looking looking around, there is a little specialized pickle plier right there. Uh, yeah, and she'll steal a pickle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you pull out a pickle. It's again just like a full kind of pickle. It's not it's not chips. It's not spears. It's just a full pickle. But yeah, you guys you guys see Raven just pop out a pickle and just take a chomp out of it. No, it's it's a good pickle. It, it, there's nothing. It's not bad. It's uh, as in spoiled. You don't see any film on the top of the uh, brine when you pop out the the pickle. You do see like various like herbs and um, spices kind of like floating around in the brine. But yeah, you 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 taste the pickle. It's it's crunchy. It's tart. It's it's got some uh, undertone spices and it's got some. That that kind of like that, that salty sour taste that a pickle's supposed to have, and she feels fulfilled and a little lighter, right. and yeah. uh, she will put the top back on properly. puts that puts the half eaten pickle back in the jar. No, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a savage. <laughs> she tasted the pickle, and then her day was fulfilled, and she said, "Okay, guys, have fun on your assignment." <laughs> yeah, bye. It's like. Weirdly enough, one of one of the uh, the illumination things was uh, eat a pickle. That's crazy. Eat a pickle? Oh, really? <laughs> no. <laughs> it was a fresh pickle, at least. Right. Uh, that focus roll, by the way. Pickle. Good crisp pickle. Uh, that focus roll that you had me do, by the way, uh, it's a two die roll for me, and I got a four and a five. Four and a five? Okay. So, yeah, you uh, you are looking around. You, I mean, it kind of looks like it's it's been used recently, uh, probably within the past week, at least. You're not really sure, though. There's not like you're usually when you're doing an investigation like this, there's like an accumulation of dust. So, you know, if you see a fresh footprint in it, you're like, hey, this place has been used recently, but it's it's pretty clean in here. So that's kind of like a uh, biggest Artemis, indicator right there. Artemir is going to want to like stop slightly away from the group so that he can like listen to hear if I can hear like the periphery officers above us. Okay. Well, okay. So you're in this room again, obviously to hold a lot of this stuff, there are shelves, there's boxes in here. It's not really a huge room. So they, you see the stairs that you just came out of, you know, the, the cellar going down in the stairs 
and then there's a door on the other side of the room. That's that's all you got. Is there like a ladder attached to the door? Do I see anything like that, or just the door? Just just the door, and then like like I said, on the other side are the are the steps. Okay. Are we exploring this room further, or shall we go further in? For it. All right. I guess I'll uh, approach the other door, going back further into the building. Um. Yeah. You you go to that door, and what are you doing at the door? Uh, can I, I want to listen through the door to see if I can tell if there are any periphery officers, like, right in the general vicinity of it. Sure. Go ahead and give me another focus roll. There's a five on my gilded. Okay. So, uh, yeah, you, you actually do hear some voices on the other side of the door. It's not, like, right on the other side of the door, but you can hear some voices. Okay. You can't really make out what they're saying. Mm -mm. Okay. But Can I identify like, hear how many different tones there are? At least two, but okay. no more than four. Okay. But it just seems like a normal kind of conversation. And they kind of, as they're talking, it kind of fades out and you don't hear any voices anymore. Okay. So I think I'm going to like turn to make eye contact with Larry and just mention that there are two to four. <laughs> <laughs> Larry just kind of cracks his knuckles. <laughs> Two to four of your knuckles. Two to four of your knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> He's just... <laughs> so, yeah. For bone cracking sounds. So yeah, so now you, you... At this point, you do not hear anything on the other side. Okay. You, you don't uh, know if that's because the voice is left, or if maybe they heard you and they're being quiet. Right. Well, you said that I did hear the voices kind of receding, right? Lessening, yeah. Okay. Like getting quieter, uh, and then. Okay. I'm just kind of gonna like throw my hands up, like I don't know, and wander back to where the rest of the group is. They got much quieter, but I don't know if that's because they heard me or because they wandered away. But Larry's just gonna walk over and open the door. Oh, sure. <laughs> Like this. I was going to say I could try to quietly open it and take a look, <laughs> but I don't know which uh, happens first. <laughs> yeah, there, there's not even a lock on the door. The uh, door opens relatively easily. Um, you walk out and uh, there is definitely a scene that you see. How do I want to do this? I want... He's murdering us already. <laughs> I want you... We're going to make a sense roll for everybody walking into this room. Six and two, so six. Cassidy's probably following. You said this was a sense yeah. roll? Correct. Mm -hmm. Sense sense roll, yes. Five and four. Okay. Just to got a four as well. got a three. let everybody listening at home kind of know how the mechanics work on this. I have no points in sense, which means I have to roll two die and take the lower number. So uh, I got a two. Oof. Oof. Okay. I got a four. Okay. So, and only one person got a six. That'd be Jason, right? <laughs> and one person <laughs> got a five, which is Scotty. <laughs> so, you walk in. What you walk into is a speakeasy. It is one of the uh, many underground, this one literally, bars in the city for people to partake in illegal activities, including uh, partaking in 
the more illegal alcoholic drinks or uh, mind-altering substances. Um, this one has... You come out into the door behind a fully stocked bar. You, you see that there are you know, some martini glasses up on the bar itself. Uh, some of them uh, empty. Some of them still have, you know, martini in them. There is, you know, many, many bottles and such behind the, uh, the, the counter itself. Most of the stuff that you see from where you're at are more like mixers, like syrups and, uh, and like uh, different like sodas, stuff like that, like soda waters and such. You walk out fully, and you can see behind a big mirror with shelves and uh, many different bottles of various different things. Gins and vermouths, and you got some whiskeys and some... You even see some... You even see some alcohols that you... Some of you, or at least a couple of you, would guess is from the uh, the otherware, which... Okay. Alcohol and essentially goods from otherware are illegal in in New Fair. Looking out, though, uh, upon the the scene, you see no periphery here. What you do see are bodies. There are several bodies on the ground. They are all lying in pools of their own blood. Each of the bodies are in various states of damage. There are chunks ripped out of a lot of these bodies. Some of these bodies have body parts ripped out or off of them. There are parts of people's faces missing. Uh, eyes, lower jaws, the face itself. Alright, I think we are going to go ahead and end this for the day. If you would like to follow any of our players uh we'll go ahead and have them introduce themselves again and give a social directory or <laughs> whatever if you want to follow them on social media or whatnot let's go ahead and we'll go ahead and start with cc hi this was cc of cc cosplays playing cassidy wild you can find me on instagram and tiktok jason jason playing howard uh, i don't do a ton of social media, but I guess my Twitter is uh, jcook96, and if you ever want to play PlayStation, I'm shark1112. Ray? I'm Ray, and I was playing Artemir Vainscott. You can find me on Twitter uh, for as long as it remains at desolatung, or you can also find me on Fansly if you want some spicy content at Dreadful Deer. And Gothy. I'm Gothy. If you want to watch me draw, I am a new artist. I have a tiktok um gothy oogie and deviantart just oogie 21 oh and a twitter which is also i believe just oogie well i think that that'll be good for the day hopefully we will do this again sometime soon and i guess we'll catch you on the next one bye everybody Bye. 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 Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. It was nice to know you.